you that I might impart unto you some spiritual gifts. So are the th things that can be imparted to you that can't be imparted to you any other way other than being at church. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, as a whole, there is an attack against a local church for people that are coming out and saying that, you know, you don't have to go to church. You know, you can get everything you need online. Watch me. And, um, you know, and they're, and they're very, you know, they're very slick productions, you know, very, very nice productions about how they do this and, and very compelling. Uh, and they're wolves, right? They're wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, and, uh, you know, not that we are suspicious, but you always got to be careful about uh, anytime somebody is telling you to do something different from the, what the word tells you, then um, uh, you should always be careful about that. And so I'll probably drink a lot of water tonight. I was up in the <coughs> in the attic area there, pulling down all kinds of old stuff there. So, um, but the Lord is good, Amen. We're here at church, and um, you know, <coughs> uh, our goal uh, in the church is to the primary purpose of the church is to uh, teach and to instruct. Um, and along with that, we get to have the fellowship, we get to have the praise and worship, and all those things are good. Uh, but the primary purpose of the church is to teach and to instruct, uh, and so. Uh, that's always been my heart. That's my desire to do that. And so that's what we're going to do tonight, in fact. So why don't we pray and we'll get into the word tonight. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you for the blessing and the anointing of the, of the, of the word of God that you've given to us. Father, you've overseen it by your spirit. We thank you, Father, that it's precious to us. And we look to you, Father, who wrote the word and then inspired men to write those same words down on paper. And so since those words came from you, Father, then the revelation of what those words mean and how we apply them to our lives will come from you as well. And so we thank you for that, Father. We come humbly to your word and ask you to grant unto us uh, teaching and instruction, Father. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that the words that we speak, Father, will be words uh, as the pen of a ready writer. Uh, and there'll be words that will help us, words that will instruct us, words that will encourage us. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians. We're continuing there. And, um, you know, Philippians is only four chapters, but it's a really good book. You know, overall, it's just it's just got a, it's got some unique things in it that uh, Paul doesn't cover anywhere else. Uh, and it has some some good revelation that's uh, uh, helpful to us. And so we're starting chapter two and chapter two's got some really great uh, revelation. Uh, we'll see if we get that far tonight that uh, talking about the Lord Jesus and his ministry coming to the earth. Uh, but we're going to start here in verse one today, and it says, uh, "If there be any, if there, uh, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, uh, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, and of one mind." And so Paul is exhorting the church here to be in unity. Right? We talked a little bit about unity uh, later on, or earlier on in chapter one where he talked about some of that being in unity, both uh, in spirit and in mind, striving together. And now he's exhorting them again that uh, if there's any consolation in Christ, and so that he's talking about exhortation, um, uh, encouragement, refreshing. Uh, and uh, he said, there's, if there's any of these things, and if there's any comfort of love, uh, and again, he's talking about uh, pers persuasion, uh, and that love there is the agape love. So if there's any comfort or persuasion of God's love, uh, and then I like if there any fellowship of the Spirit, uh, and you know, of course, we do get the fellowship at the natural level, right? We get to see each other and shake each other's hands and hug each other's necks, uh, and so there is a, obviously a fellowship at the natural level, uh, but the advantage of the church and the Christian church is we have the capacity to fellowship at a spiritual level, uh, so not just uh, at the natural level of seeing each other. That's what uh, people do in the world, that's what uh, uh, even a lot of people do in the church. You know, they only fellowship at the natural level. And, and the Lord's desire is that we fellowship uh, and partner at the spiritual level. Uh, and, you know, I was thinking about that today, about uh, just meditating on some of these verses like this, about how um, it, it's sometimes difficult for the church to uh, live out of their hearts, you know, live out of their spirit man, live, live out of what's on the inside of them. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes we're very cautious, right? Sometimes we're concerned that I don't want people to really know who I am, which I think is always funny because 
if you don't like who you are, then change who you are, right? But, uh, but sometimes people are concerned about that, you know, and I understand, you know, around certain people, uh, I can't be entirely who I am from the standpoint of, you know, I don't tell them things that I do. Well, you know, sometimes I go play racquetball. Oh, you know, you can't wear shorts outside, right? You know, or, you know, hey, you know, I turn my TV on. Oh, that's of the devil, you know, and, uh, you know, so there's certain things you can't tell people that you do because, you know, people are going to judge you for everything. Uh, but when I get around uh, my friends in the ministry, you know, we can be just really sincere with each other and real open hearted. Uh, and that's really rare. I mean, it's really rare that Christians can be uh, really open hearted and fellowship at the spiritual level and not just at the kind of the surface level. And I, I remember there used to be a fellow at, at church when I was with my pastor and um, uh, he was the kind of fellow that whenever you went around him, he did all the talking. Uh, and, you know, you would, you'd about to say something, but. You couldn't, you, you know, you ever been around people, you can't get a word in edgewise, you know, they just, they just, I don't even know how, how they do that, right? I mean, they, they have to breathe sometime, but somehow they're able to talk that whole time without breathing. Uh, and, uh, and just one time I was there uh, and I was thinking, all I'm hearing is blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just, you know, he, he pet the dog or he mowed his yard or he painted his house or, but there's never any fellowship around the word or never, you know, what's the Lord telling you, you know, what you're doing. Um, in fact, I, I was telling Jared before church there, you know, we were working on uh, getting that, all that ceiling stuff out of the, uh, uh, out of the church, uh, and it was just going so slow, right? I mean, it was, you know, how, we'd be there till the Lord Jesus came back, I think, Johnny, you know? Uh, and so, and I, and I couldn't think of any, you know, how could we do this faster? You know, it's like, well, we've got all the tools, you know, we got, you know. And so I said, Lord, you know, you're, you know, you know everything. Uh, you know all there is to know. Uh, how can we do this faster? And immediately, he, you know, showed me we'll go up in the attic. Instead of pulling it down, push, you know, pull it down from the bottom, push it uh, down from the top. Uh, and we made a lot more progress there, didn't we, right? And that's just the, the Lord, you know, doing that. And, you know, we ought to be able to share things like that without bragging. You know, I mean, some people, the Lord, you know, woke me up this morning and told me to use a stripe-colored toothpaste. You know, I'm not talking about foolishness like that where, you know, you're just kind of making up things. But, um, you know, we ought to be able to fellowship at the spiritual level. Uh, and be open-hearted, and it's really hard for people to be open-hearted, you know, and, and, um, uh, and sincere, and that's the way I want to live. I want to live where, you know, whatever you hear from me is who I am, and, uh, you know, I don't want to be one way over here and then some way, you know, a different way over there. You know, some people, they, they've got, you know, well, this is my Tuesday personality, this is my Wednesday personality, and uh, that's real complicated, right? Uh, but we ought to, ought to be have fellowship of the Spirit, right? Uh, and so, uh, and Paula talked about uh, partnering, that word fellowship also has a connotation of being a partner, uh, and we ought to be partners uh, uh, in the spirit as well, right? Uh, and then he says, uh, if any bowels and mercies, uh, and, uh, you know, we don't really use that type of phraseology today, right? But he's talking about affections and compassion, so mercy and compassion are very closely related. Uh, and so uh, he's saying, you know, if there's any of these things going on, uh, if you have any of this stuff going on in your life, uh, here in your church, if there's any consolation, if there's any comfort, if there's any fellowship, if there's any bowels of mercy, he said, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. Uh, and so he's saying you know, all these things are great uh, up to now. You know, you've got fellowship of the Spirit. You know, you've, you've got uh, the exhortation from the, uh, from the Lord. Uh, you've got the, the agape love of God. Uh, you've got a compassion and mercy. He said all these things are great. He said, uh, but fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. And so, you know, Paul is really saying that at this point, all those things are great and all those things are foundational items and, and attitudes that we need to have. But the ultimate goal, it really is in verse 2, that, uh, that we be like-minded and have the same love, uh, being of one accord and of one mind. Uh, and, you know, when, when a church will come together and be of like, like, a like-minded church, that doesn't mean that we're a cult. You know, sometimes, um, you know, people teach from the pulpit that you don't need to have an opinion. You don't need to have any, any will about you at all. You need to just do whatever I tell you to do. Well, that's a cult, right? Uh, and, of course, around here, we tell the folks that uh, if you're born again, you have the Spirit of God in you. That means you know things. That means God shows you things. That means you have the ability to hear from heaven, just like I do. I don't have the corner uh, uh, on the market of hearing from heaven. Uh, and so, uh, but from my perspective as the pastor, see, I trust that in you. I trust that you all have the Spirit of God in you. And, and I believe if you have an opinion that 
you know, that, that you really, in a sense, have a right to share that opinion, right? Uh, that you can share that, you know, your knowledge that you have uh, and the experiences that you've had. Uh, and so it's not about being a cult and we all fall in line, right? Being like-minded should be with the, with the understanding that it's like-minded as long as it lines up with the Word of God. And as long as it lines up with the Word of God, we should be and can be like-minded, right? Well, I believe in healing. Well, you know, if you came to this church and you didn't believe in healing, you know, I'd have, I'd have to wonder, well, why are you here, right? I mean, if you were like, well, I want to find out and want to learn more, that's fine, right? But if you just, you know, been here for 18 years and, and I, don't, I still don't believe in healing, well, why are you here, right? I mean, how, how can you be like-minded? Because, I mean, how important is healing around here for us? We teach it every week, right? I mean, we literally have a class just on healing. Uh, and, uh, and I have, you know, I have observed a lot of times people are in churches and there's strife in their heart. You know, they don't like the pastor. They don't like, you know, what they're doing. They don't like the building program or they don't like, you know, how the chairs are laid out. They don't like the music, you know, whatever it is. And, and I never ever understood, well, why are you going there? Right. Uh, and, and, um, uh, uh, you know, I had, uh, one fellow years ago, he came into my office when I was at work. He said, uh, I've been out thrown out of 14 churches in this town. Uh, and he acted like that was a good thing. He acted like he was kind of proud of it. You know, look what I've done, right? Uh, uh, I've got such great doctrine that it's better than 14 churches that I've found in, in this town, and nobody's got as good a doctrine as I've got. Uh, and that was kind of his attitude, right? Uh, and, of course, I had to tell him how dumb he was because, I mean, you get thrown out. Now, you know, he didn't go to 14 churches and left 14 churches. He was thrown out of 14 churches. That means he was disruptive. He was rude. He was disrespectful. And that's the way he was at work, too. In fact, we ended up firing him. Uh, in fact, uh, I remember when, uh, when we were interviewing him, I interviewed him along with other people. And I told my boss, don't hire this fellow. You know, because you know, so you know in your heart, you know, if you've if you got any spiritual awareness at all, this guy's going to be trouble. And, of course, day one, he, now he was very smart, very intelligent. Uh, but uh, he, he was a terrible employee because he already knew everything, right? He, was, he wasn't a manager level. He wasn't a senior engineering level. He was just an entry-level engineer, uh, and yet he already knew more than the entire world uh, and the entire church, uh, and so he got thrown out of 14 churches and one job, right? Uh, I don't know how many other jobs he'd had before that one, uh, but, um, I mean, it got so bad that my boss actually was afraid of him, that, uh, that he threatened my boss, you know, physically, and my boss was uh, a little afraid of him. Uh, you know, you know, this guy, you know, whatever, he nothing to be afraid of this guy, you know, but um, uh, so, you know, we can think the same thoughts. And again, not from a from a uh, cultish standpoint, uh, you should have free will to think your own thoughts. Right. But if you're in constant conflict with the direction of the church, right, uh, you know, what I would encourage you to do, and I don't believe any of you all are, you know, uh, I think we've got pretty good uh, fellowship and alignment in our in our church right now. Uh, but there have been people in the past where, you know, I told you uh, one time a fellow came into my office and said, well, you're wrong. He, he said, in fact, what he said, he said, your entire vision for this ministry is wrong. I thought, that's really interesting that the Lord gave me that vision. And you're telling me that the Lord's vision that he gave me is wrong. So really what you're saying is the Lord is wrong, right? Because my vision for this church is to be a church where, number one, the word of God is taught. That's number one, right? More than anything else, the word of God is taught. Because I believe from the word of God, that's the primary purpose of the church, right? Uh, and, uh, and also, you know, I want this church to be a place where people come that have been, maybe if they've been hurt at other churches, right? People have lost their way. That's, that's my heart is to help people that have lost their way because they need to be in a fellowship, right? They need to be in a church. And I think this would be a great church for people to come. But he said, your entire vision is wrong. <laughs> and, and, you know, most of the time when I, you know, w work with people like that, all I hear is blah, 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 right? And of course, that's what I, what I heard there anyway, but I said, well, explain it to me. Uh, he said, well, you know, you use a book uh, for healing school, right? And we've used several books, right? We use Brother Hagen's book, Lester Summerall's book. Well, that's not Lester. Uh, we use F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth's book. We use Lillian B. Yeoman's book. And he said, you're wrong. Uh, he said, you shouldn't teach from anything other than the Bible. So, so I'm thinking, if that's true, then the ministry gifts have nothing to add to the church, right? Because I can't, uh, you know, I, I'm a minister gift. I'm a, I'm a pastor teacher. Uh, and you can receive from me, but you can't receive from this guy that's also in the ministry, uh, even though he just put down what he was taught from the Lord in a book form. But if he came to the church, it'd be okay. But you couldn't actually use his book if he's not here at the church. That's, that's 
just really dumb, right? I mean, that didn't make any sense, right? Does that make any sense? You know, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that one out. I haven't figured that one out yet. That, that the revelation that the Lord gave to that minister over there, that I've got to ask the Lord to give me that same revelation because I can't read his book to get it. I have to get it directly from the Lord. Well, that's number one. That's not how the Lord works, right? He gives to every man severally as he will. He will give whatever revelation he chooses to give to us. And he may give some revelation to this fellow over here that he'll not give to anybody else, maybe ever. And unless we are willing to listen to that fellow, either directly by hearing him in person or if he's gone, like uh, both F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth, well, in fact, all the people we've used so far are gone from this earth, right? F.F. F. Bosworth, Brother Hagen, and Lillian B. Yeomans, they're all gone. So we can't, we can't use that. Now, see, that doesn't make any sense to me, right? Uh, and so, see, the fellow was, was not like-minded. Uh, and, and uh, uh, but, you know, uh, in his defense, he was kind of a simpleton, uh, and he was just repeating what some other people had told him. Uh, and, you know, how, uh, and that, it, you know, wolves will come into a church, and they'll pick somebody weak-minded in the church, and they'll go ruin them. And that's what happened to this fellow there. You know, he, he was a, a you know, perfectly fine fellow until he was, you know, got around the wrong crowd and, and was ruined. Uh, and in fact, he was telling me, I said, you know, that sounds just like so-and-so. And every time I said, that sounds just like so-and-so. That's, that also sounds just like so-and-so. And I was letting him know that I know that, you know, because that way I don't have to hold anything against him. Of course, I didn't hold anything against anybody in that. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was, he was okay to listen to this fellow but he wasn't okay to listen to me. And, and you know, and I would encourage you, now, anytime you're in church, especially as the church grows, you know, you get a lot of different people coming into church. You get a lot of people with different ideas and mindsets. And, and a lot of times people will come into church and their goal is to take the church over. It doesn't matter how big the church is, how small the church is, somebody will walk in that door on occasion and desire to take the church. Now, not everybody, right? In fact, it's, it's a tiny fraction of the people who do that. Now, my pastor always said everybody does that. Everybody doesn't do that. It's rare, right? Uh, and but when it happens, it's exhausting because it consumes all the energy of the church, you know, and you're always trying to help somebody out. And, and I desire to help people like that. But sometimes, you know, that unless they want to be helped, they're just not going to get any help. Uh, and so uh, so, you know, uh, people came in and, and uh, what I was going to say is, is I encourage you always be careful about anybody who whispers things against either the ministry or your pastor at church. Right. Well, he's OK, but you know, he didn't go to that school. Or he's okay, but, you know, what he said there about faith, you know, there, there's other ways to see it besides what he said, right? And so they'll wrap it up in a pretty bow, but in, in their heart, they're trying to get you to no longer be like-minded with the church, right? Uh, and it'll happen, right? It'll happen on occasion, and, and it's unfortunate. And, you know, the thing that concerns me for people like that is they've got to stand before the Lord Jesus someday. You know, we all have to stand before the Lord Jesus, Right? But he's going to have to stand before the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus is going to ask him, why did you try to interrupt the church that I established there? And it doesn't have to be this church, because wherever they go, they're going to be the same, right? They're going to try and take over the church. I'm like, well, just go, you know, there's empty buildings everywhere. Just go start your own church. Well, that's a lot of work, right? Now, and nobody would go to his church because, or her church, you know, they wouldn't go to their church because, you know, it'd all be about them. Uh, everything would be about them and how smart they are. And so... So uh, they, they will struggle. People like that will always struggle with being like-minded. And yet Paul said here that fulfill you my joy. He said if all these other things are, are so, he said uh, kind of like what Jesus said, uh, one thing you lack, uh, be you like-minded, right? So think the same thoughts. And as long as the thoughts are lined up with the word of God, you know, it should be unhealthy and, it, and it's perfectly appropriate for the church to have the same thoughts, right? Uh, and sometimes in a church, rebellion rises up. Well, I ain't having the same thoughts as him. Well, that's just garden variety for rebellion, right? Because if I teach what the Word of God says, why can't we be in, in alignment with what the Word of God says? We should be in alignment with what the, word of, what the Word of God says. He said, having the same love, that word love there is again, agape, uh, being of one accord and of one mind. So basically, uh, he's got everything covered, right? Uh, Like-minded, same love, one accord, uh, and one mind. Spirit, soul, and body are all covered in this in this. Uh, um, uh, in this verse right here, right? Uh, and when we, when we act like this, then, uh, you know, Paul said, fulfill you my joy. So he, is he the minister uh, talking to this church, right? So there is a joy that rises up uh, in the minister when the church is in one accord. Uh, 
and, and you know, there's nothing that, that brings uh, joy to my heart as far as the church is concerned as much as seeing everybody in unity, right? Everybody moving in the same direction, you know, desiring the same things. And it's really a great joy. Like I said, sometimes you'll get people coming in here and they want to pull the church in a different direction. Uh, they don't want to come and be like-minded. They, they want to come and say, all of y'all, you all got the wrong mind. Y'all need to be like me. And they try to pull the church. And like I said, it can be exhausting from the minister's standpoint because you desire to help people, but sometimes people don't want to be helped. They want to run the show without running the show, right? Uh, and it, it's, uh, I, you know, I'm not mad at anybody uh, 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 because for me to be upset and hold uh, grudges against people uh, would be a poor uh, example of the love of God, right? Uh, so for people like that, I pray for them. Lord, help them. Um, uh, but I do know until they repent in their hearts, you know, uh, they will struggle in their spiritual life because they're not there to be like-minded. They're not there to, to have the same love. They're not there to be in one accord, and they're, they're not there to be of one mind. They're there to advance their own cause. Uh, and um, and I, I'll tell you one other thing, and we'll move on from this, but, uh, you know, years ago when I was with my pastor, uh, we had a fellow there that was at church, and he was, he was called to the ministry. He believed that he was called to the ministry, uh, and so what he would do is he would talk to specific people, not everybody, but talk to specific people and invite them to a special Bible study at his house. And so he was building his ministry inside of my pastor's ministry. And it was really disrespectful to do that because if you're going to be part of somebody's ministry, you should be part of their ministry. You shouldn't be using their ministry for your personal gain. You should be of one mind, one heart, uh, one accord. And advance that ministry because Jesus said, if 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 you're not faithful over another man's things, uh, he said, well, if you're faithful over another man's things, I'll make you ruler over your own things. Right? Didn't Jesus say that? Uh, and uh, being faithful over another man's things is while you're with that man, you're faithful to help that man, right, or that woman, whatever ministry that the Lord's called you to, uh, so that the Lord can promote you in, into being uh, in charge of your own things. But if you're if you're always thinking. How, how can I take advantage of the situation and how can I advance my cause? How can I advance my ministry? How can I advance what God has called me to do? And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying he wasn't called because that's none of my business. That's between him and the Lord. What I'm saying is you know, if you're not going to be in one accord with a pastor and, and help the pastor go in, in a certain direction, if you're only there for your cause and your benefit and to take advantage of the people to, that are there, that's really... Uh, poor-minded being a, a poor example of walking in love, right? Because walking in love is what's the best for the, for, the, for the church and the pastor that you're with? Well, the best for the church and pastor you're with is to take your energies and your knowledge and your abilities and advance the, the vision that the Lord has given uh, to that pastor. So uh, being of one accord uh, is uh, uh, joining uh, in, a, in, in your soul, right? We talked about being one spirit, but also being in one accord. And that being of one accord is has been mentioned many times in the Bible. Um, and so it was uh, um, just a couple of times in, um, in the Old Testament, uh, 14 times this phrase was used uh, in the book of Acts. So the book of Acts is the establishment of God's church, right? The, uh, he gets kicked off there. Really, in Acts chapter 2 is where the church got initiated. Uh, but I, I want to look at just a couple of examples in the book of Acts. Let's turn over to, to Acts chapter 2 here. Um, and, uh, you know, the folks that, that cannot be of one accord, you know, they need to go to remedial class until they can learn to do that, right? Because they're, they're, they are uh, not assisting the church to get to where the church needs to be, right? Uh, but it says here in Acts chapter, one, uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Uh, and, of course, we, we saw what happened just in verse 4, right? Uh, they, were, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, and, of course, the way that happened in Acts chapter 2 was a spectacular event, right? Miracles happened. People started hearing these people speaking in tongues, and they could understand them in their own language. And it was a very visible event that occurred. And I believe a big reason for that was because they were in one accord, right? Uh, and uh, what you'll find in Old Testament and New Testament is anytime the church is in one accord, that the Lord is able to do greater things and bigger things in a church because they're, they are in one accord. 
Uh, and of course, uh, we know the verse, turn over to chapter 4 there. <clears throat> he said here um, in verse, uh, uh, we know chapter 4 is when Peter and John were arrested by, by the leadership of the, of the Jewish nation there. Uh, and it says in verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto him. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel have determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, now that they're in one accord, right? And that when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. So there, there's a great value in the church uh, uh, of being of one accord, right? Uh, and I don't know that you can overemphasize that. And I think sometimes people are afraid uh, that if they're in one accord with the church that they'll be, you know, deceived and taken into, you know, some trickery. Uh, but really, uh, if the church would depend upon the Spirit of God in them, because you all have the Spirit of God. Always depend upon the Spirit of God. Don't take anything that I say or any other minister says, hook, line, and sinker. See if that's what the Word says, right? See if that's what the, what, the, what the Word of God has professed. And if it does, then that's what you do, right? Uh, and if it doesn't, then you throw it away. Um, and, and so, you know, you can't be in one accord with things that are not uh, biblical, right? Uh, and so... Uh, there's a few things, uh, a few scriptures where, where we talked. He talked about also being of, of one mind, thinking one thing, occupied with the same vision, um, and that's that's what Paul encouraged the church to do, right? Uh, be uh, uh, think this, think one thing, occupied uh, with the same vision, uh, with one vision, and that's why you know that fellow who told me that my whole vision was wrong. Uh, how how can a vision that you want to teach people the word of God? How can that be wrong? You know. He was thinking that me using a book was my vision. I never thought, you know, what I want to do more than anything else is use somebody's book to teach human school. That's not really, is that a vision? That's not, a, that's not really a vision, right? Uh, he just uh, disagreed with the implementation of how, you know, I want to teach. Uh, I want to teach the Word of God. And if I use somebody's book to do that, you know, uh, I mean, we go to years to go to, you know, I've been to years of school for, for studying the Bible. So I guess you don't go to Bible school, right? You know, um, I've been to years, uh, you know, now before I was in Bible school, I went to years to go to school for engineering. Uh, I guess you don't go to school for engineering, right? Because that's using somebody else's book. I guess you've got to go all the way back to Sir Isaac Newton, come up with your own three laws, right? Uh, uh, Sir Isaac Newton came up with the three laws of motion, uh, and it changed the universe. I mean, he figured out how the sun and the planets spin around each other and figured out gravity. I mean, he was a brilliant uh, man, you know. He also knew the Lord. Uh, and um, changed everything. He understood how these things work, and, and nobody before him ever understood it. And even today, uh, you know, I taught an engineering class just uh, last semester. We use Newton's laws. Uh, he came up with it, what, in the 1500, something like that? I mean, hundreds of years ago. We're still using what this man taught us, right? Well, that's wrong. Is that wrong? I mean, you know, the thing about the Newton's laws is they're not really his laws. They're the laws of the Lord, right? it's he just discovered them. He got the revelation of how they work. Well, how would it help the, the humanity if, well, we're not allowed to, to learn from anybody else. We've got to learn. Every, every generation has to learn all the laws of physics by themselves with no prior knowledge. Um, you know, uh, everything we know is built upon the foundation of people that came before us. Everything that I know, both uh, from a natural standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint, but especially a spiritual standpoint, has come from people that came before me. And, and you know, we know uh, the story with uh, Brother Hagen that, uh, you know, Brother Hagen had one of the greatest uh, revelations about the uh, spirit, soul, and body 
than anybody has, I believe. You know, uh, he he was trying to figure out for years what's the difference between specifically spirit and soul, right? Because we all know our bodies are what we see, but the Bible talks all about spirit and soul, the two different Greek words, right? And and so, if the Bible used two different Greek words, you would think then there's got to be a distinction, right? Why would the Lord use spirit uh, as a Greek word here, which is the Greek word pneuma over here, but he would use the, the Greek word suke uh, over here for the soul. Why, why is there a distinction? You know, in fact, Hebrews chapter 4 says that uh, the word of God divides us under soul and spirit. So that, that clearly means that, that there's a distinction. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord. So Paul made a distinction with them, right? And, and throughout the word of God, uh, the writers of that particular verse uh, would write specifically either the sp word for spirit or the word for soul for a specific reason. They weren't just mushy, right? You know, well, they mean the same thing. And a lot of people, uh, Brother Hagin would poll ministers all across the country. What, 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 what's the difference between spirit and soul? Do you know what the difference between spirit and soul is? And, they, and he said, without exception, they all said, I thought they were the same thing because nobody had really spent the time to figure it out. And he said he spent about 30 years just meditating on it, you know, going and reading it and trying to figure it out. He said, well, finally, one day he wrote down what he did know. He said he knew that with, uh, with the body, we contact the natural realm, right, with our five senses. Uh, and so we contact this realm that we see and observe and hear with our physical body, right? So the, the body contacts the, the natural realm. He said, well, then we know that God is a spirit, that we have spirits. So clearly from, uh, we contact the spirit realm with our spirits. Uh, and then, of course, what's left? Well, the left is, is your, your emotional realm, right, your intellect. And he said, well, with the soul, then we contact the intellectual realm and uh, the emotional realm. And then later on, he kind of solidified it and said, well, it's, it's your mind, your will, and your emotions make up your soul. And, and with that understanding, if you go through the whole New Testament and look at where those words are used for spirit, soul, and body, and emotions, and your intellect, and your will, that's the right revelation. That's what fits, right? Everything, the whole counsel of God fits with that revelation, spirit, soul, and body. So our bodies contact the natural realm, our spirits contact the spirit realm, and our souls contact the, the emotional, intellectual, and emotion, uh, emotional, intellectual, uh, and um, your will in that realm well it took him 30 years to figure that out so do i have to spend 30 years to figure that out you know he wrote a book a man on three dimensions it's like this thick right i mean it's like i don't know 70 pages 80 pages long it might be a little bit longer than that you can read that in one sitting if you're really dedicated and i can read it in an hour something that took him 30 years to figure out so does it make sense for us to throw away all the learning that our forefathers had developed and and gave to us uh, because we're, we should learn it on our own? Because uh, I don't believe the Lord would do that. I don't, uh, you know, in fact, he talks about that just real quick. Uh, we had mentioned that verse on uh, Sunday morning when Brother Randy was here, but over in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, he says here, uh, talking about um, the, uh, the knowledge of uh, our relationship with the Lord, he said these things are built upon, in verse 20, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, these things are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Uh, and then also in verse 5 of chapter 3, he says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So notice what it says there that these things are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now, if he had just said built upon the prophets, then we would think, well, that's the Old Testament prophets. Right. But he says apostles and prophets. And so where do the apostles reside? Were there any Old Testament apostles? No Old Testament apostles. Right. Apostles are, in, are a New Testament only ministry gift. Right. So he's clearly talking about ministry gifts that began uh, at the beginning of the New Testament, at the beginning of the church. And these are not just only the 12 uh, apostles of the Lamb not only the apostles who wrote the word of God, because Paul was not an apostle of the Lamb, right? He was an apostle who wrote the word of God. We call them foundation apostles. Uh, it wasn't talking about the Lord Jesus because it's talking about apostles and prophets, and so plural. Uh, so it's talking about any apostle, any prophet, that the Lord specifically gives them revelation. Uh, and so who is he not giving this revelation to? 
Well, I mean, anybody besides apostles and prophets, right? So is he giving it to pastors and teachers? No, I'm, I mean, I'm a pastor teacher, right? I'm not on that list. What about evangelists? Not giving it to evangelists, right? What about sheep? Not giving it to sheep. So are there some things that the Lord will give to minister gifts that he won't give to anybody else? Well, there are. So if I say I, I can't read what any other ministry gift has ever written uh, because Brother Hagin stood in the office of the prophet and prophet teacher, uh, and later on, you know, uh, there's some indications that maybe even moved into the uh, apostolic ministry, but his, his, for the majority of his ministry, he was a prophet uh, and a New Testament prophet. And being a prophet, the Lord granted to him specific revelation that then we can observe, observe and uh uh, and bring into our lives, um, I was going to say absorb, right? Uh, absorb into our lives that he spent 30 years obtaining. But you know who the Lord didn't give that revelation to? No one else. He asked probably hundreds of pastors. Nobody had a revelation. And if he hadn't written it down and he died, no other generation would get that revelation, right? But if you ask your average Christian about spiritual the body, you know, your average Christian who has any knowledge at all can tell you the distinction of that without realizing that we got that because Brother Hagen taught that, right? And, and it's not important that he gets the credit for that. It's just the, the knowledge that a person received that revelation from the Spirit of God uh, as a minister gift, specifically as a prophet, and then disseminated that to us. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, all of that, um, j- just, and, you know, you all are fine, right? You all have a great attitude about that. Uh, but that's a really odd, that's a really odd thing to think that we can only get it by ourselves. It's very, to me, it'd be very prideful thinking I can get everything I need directly from the Lord without ever listening to anybody else. Uh, but let's turn over to uh, to Romans uh, chapter 15 here. So he said, also be of one mind, right? Um, and so um, think think uh, think the same thing, right? Uh, and so Paul told. The Romans, he told the Corinthians, he told the Philippians to be of one mind. Uh, and then Peter also s- uh, encouraged the, the church to be of one mind. So uh, we won't go through, I'll just read them uh, and then give you the references. We won't have to go through our, our Bibles and, and run all the references. But he told the, the Romans here in Romans fifteen six that you may be with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I think that's an interesting verse. One mind and one mouth glorifying God, even even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, one way we do that is through praise and worship, right? But if you don't like the music, how are you going to be one mind and glorify God, right? Um, and, and then he told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 13, 11, he said, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. In other words, be mature. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Uh, we, also, we had read also uh, Philippians 2, Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And then finally, uh, Peter says in 1 Peter 3, 8, Finally, be you all of one mind. Have compassion one another. Uh, of, have compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Uh, and so, and these are all very similar in, in, exhortations, Right? Uh, not only be of one mind, but have compassion, walk in love. Uh, and so uh, of all the four things that Paul uh, exhorted him to do, uh, and if you go back up to, uh, uh, to verse 1 there, uh, he said, I'm going to read it again there, uh, if there's any consolation in Christ, uh, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of spirit, if any bowels of mercy, verse 2, fulfill you my joy. Uh, and then he told them the things to do, be like-minded, have the same love, be of one accord and of one mind. And of all of these four things that he told them to do in verse 2 there, only one of them is spiritual, right? which is the walk in love, which is the agape love, right? That has to come from the spirit realm. These other things, like-minded, one, uh, one accord, uh, one mind, those are all in either the soulless realm or in this natural realm that we reside in. Uh, and and that's, pretty, that's pretty common, right? That it takes about three times as much work to keep your mind lined up as it does for your spirit, right? Because it's really easy for rebellion to rise up in our, in our mind, right? Because it doesn't rise up in our spirits. Rebellion to rise, uh, to rise up in our mind. So, uh, so you think if Paul uh, exhorted us in that way, here's four different things I want you to do. One of them is the spirit realm. The other one is either in the soulless realm or the natural realm. Uh, if Paul emphasized it in that way, 
then we should be encouraged that we've got we've to be careful, right? We've got to be careful that uh, it's easy for our spirits to always be in one accord, right? Because we're all born of the same spirit. Our spirits are all sealed by the Holy Ghost. So it's easy from a spiritual standpoint to be in unity, but it's, it takes a lot more work to stay in unity in your mind. And like I said, when I was with my pastor, I would have, uh, on occasion, people would say things to me that would try to get me to turn against my pastor. Well, you know, what he said there, you know, that, that, that's probably not right, you know. Uh, and, and they were they were trying, and, and even if they don't know it, you know, a lot of times people do things and they're just being used of the devil, but they don't really necessarily, hey, I'm going to go be used of the devil, right? It's not like they wrote it down in their diary, this is my plan for today. But sometimes we yield to the devil and we, we do things that, that uh, are in strife and uh, are sowing discord among the brethren. And a lot of times they don't even know it, you know. The Lord can show them, but, you know, they, they just, they're so used to living in this carnal world that they don't pay any attention to what they're doing. Uh, and a lot of times people would say that even to me over the years, uh, hey, why don't you come uh, and, and, and do this thing with me? And I said, no, I don't think so, you know. And, and after a while, people realized, uh, for me, they couldn't get me to, to, to turn on my pastor, right? In fact, I had one person, uh, you know, was, you've heard some of the stories, right? Was my pastor perfect? My pastor was not perfect, right? I loved him and look forward to seeing him again someday. Uh, but one person said, well, what you need to do, and I, I always think it was funny when they tell me, you know, here's what you need to do. It's like, oh, okay, well, tell me, please, what I would need to do. They said, you need to stand up in church and rebuke the pastor. And I said, right, that, I'm going to get right on. I'm going to do that very next service. I'm going to stand up in the middle of the service uh, and, and be completely, uh, usurp complete authority there uh, and tell the pastor what, you know, how he's wrong. That's exactly what I'm, you, you, or what's wrong with you, right? Uh, I wouldn't do that in a thousand years, right? Uh, if I had an issue, I would talk to him in private. I mean, the, the Bible talks about you go to Matthew 18. If you've got a problem with your brother, go to him privately, right? You know, go to him privately. Uh, and uh, what you need to do, uh, and, uh, I thought that was funny, right? But see, I was always intent to be of one mind, even, even when there was conflict between us, right? Even when he was against me, even when he had publicly uh, did things against me and said things against me uh, many times. Over the years, my goal was still to be uh, in one mind with him where I could, right? On occasion, there was, you know, in fact, I, I talked about it one time. I said, you know, there's been uh, like five times it's in, it's in, a, in 20 years that I was with him, and it was probably less than five times, that I couldn't do the thing that he asked me to do. You know, he said, you go there and tell that, that person so-and-so. And, and, uh, and the way that I operated was, number one, does it line up with the Word of God? And number two, and just as importantly, but number two, does it line up with the Spirit of God in me? Uh, and, and so he said, you go tell so-and-so something. And down here in my heart, like, I can't do that. That would, that would be disrespectful to that person. That would be unkind that, to, to go tell that person that. And, and so I just never did it, you know. And I, I paid for that rebellion. You know, he thought it was rebellion, but it wasn't rebellion. He was asking me to do something that was ungodly, right? Uh, and it wasn't like open sin, but it was something that my, my heart wouldn't let me do, right? Uh, and you should never ask somebody to do something that would violate their heart, right? And if their heart, uh, you know, is going to be violated, uh, then you should ask yourself, well, is what I asked them to do wrong? You know, years later, after my pastor died, um, there was a fellow that was in our church. Where he he kind of got upset before my pastor died. He left. And he went down the street and started his own church. Uh, and so after the pastor died, then, then, you know, this fellow was still holding church. And, and one of the people in leadership came to me and said, well, you need to go down to that other church uh, when they're having service and, and see what they're doing, right? But the intent was, go give them the evil eye. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, number one, am I their God? Did the Lord tell them to go start their church? I don't know. He, he doesn't answer to me, right? He answers to the Lord Jesus. So am I his judge? Am I his judge whether or not the Lord told him to go down and start that church? As far as I know, he didn't call a bunch of people at church and try to steal sheep from the church. I mean, maybe he did. I don't, I, none of my business whether he did or not, right? I'm not the pastor and I'm not the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, you know, of course, all this is happening immediately and I think it was just the wisdom of the Lord. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, if I go down there and I enter up to the service, and the Lord had ordained that somebody be in that service to hear the gospel and get saved that night, but I interrupt the service because I'm giving him the evil eye, right? You know, uh, you think, you know, um, 
give him the pink eye or something, right? Hex on you. Uh, and, and maybe that caused him to be flustered, right? Maybe that would cause him to be, get off his game and, and not preach the gospel to this one person that's supposed to be there. And then they miss heaven because of me. I, do you want that on your conscience? I don't, you know. Now, one time the Lord uh, showed Brother Hagen. He said, you go talk to so-and-so, and he didn't do it. And the Lord showed him. He showed that person uh, uh, in hell, gave him a vision, showed this person in hell. He missed heaven. And he said, their blood is on your hands. Now, that's, that's tough. That, I mean, that would be tough, you know. I'm glad the Lord's never showed me that, you know. Even if that's happened, I don't know if it's happened or not, but uh, uh, that would be tough right there, right? That man's blood is on your hands. What if I'd gone down to, the, to that church and somebody missed heaven because of me? Their blood would be on my hands, right? Now, I know at the end of the day, it's still their choice, right? I'm not making their choice for them. They're making their own choice. But if I interrupt something and they had that one window right there, that would be perfect. The Lord ordained from before the foundation where that moment would be their moment. And I mess it up. And people say, well, you can't mess up God's plan. People mess up God's plan all the time. Why did it take the Lord thousands of years to get to the earth? He could have got to the earth in Genesis chapter 4, right? I mean, he messed up in Genesis chapter 3, and then he, they could have started in Genesis chapter 4 and, and fixed everything. But no, he said it's going to come through, through humanity. And it took him thousands of years in the fullness of time, right? And it's like, wow, I mean, how long did it take that long? He created the entire universe in seven days. But humanity messed it up, you know, and it took him thousands of years to bring the Lord Jesus into the earth. Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't want that to be on my conscience. Uh, and so, you know, they said, you need to go down there and do that. Uh, well, see, for me to be of one mind with them, see, I could have been of one mind with them, but I couldn't be one spirit with that. Uh, so, you, so you can't just take one, of, one without the other. Uh, it has to be first of one spirit before you can be one mind. Uh, you know, there was a, a fellow I know that, that was with my pastor, and he, he really struggled because his number one goal was just do whatever he's told. And no matter how wrong what he did was, if the pastor told him to do it, he'd do it. And he came to me more than once, said things that were just terribly unkind and untrue. You know, he said, I was never helped to the pastor. Well, that's just, that's just demonstrably untrue, right? I mean, I ran sound for the pastor every service for years, for nearly 20 years. How is that not being a help to the pastor? I mean, just that alone. If I did nothing else, that was a help to the pastor, right? Because Batteries were always checked. Microphones always worked. You know, sound always was recorded. Uh, everything was turned on. Everything was turned off for years. Nobody had to tell me to do it. Nobody had to beg me to do it. Nobody had to ask, hey, where's, where's the sound man? If the church was open, I was there. You were never a help to the pastor. Well, well, why did he say that? Because the pastor told him to say that. Well, see, you can't, you can't uh, be only of one mind because uh, that's a cult. Right? If you're only of one mind, you're a cult. So you have to also be of one spirit. And, and so they told me to go down and give the pink eye to that church down there. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not going to go interrupt that service. Oh, I'm not telling you to do that. Well, you're, totally told, you, uh, you're totally telling me to do that. So you know who went down there? That one fellow who always do, did what he was told. That is not the way to get to heaven. The way to get to heaven is, is always do what your spirit man tells you to do. And that if somebody else tells you something to do that also lines up with your spirit, man, you're good, right? But if they tell you to do something that's not in your spirit, man, you don't. Now, look, if I say walk in love, well, that's not in my heart. You know, I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can, you can justify any action if you want to, right? No doubt. Uh, but number one, does it line up with the word of God? And does it line up with your spirit, man? Uh, and if it doesn't do either of those things, then uh, uh, now what if it lines up with the word of God but doesn't line up with your spirit, man? That would be really odd, right? Because they should be in one accord, right? I know the Bible says that, but I don't, you know, my heart's telling me not to do that. Well, you need to get your heart right because if the Bible says that, that's the last thing that the Holy Spirit's required to say is what the Word says, amen? He said the Spirit and the Word always agree. So you can't, you know, what I'm talking about is you, your, the Word of God in your heart, you know, paint your car red. What well, does the Bible say anything about painting your car red? Well, no, so that would be in your heart, right? That's not in the Word of God, that's in your heart. Now, if the Bible says walk in love, do you need the Spirit of God to tell you to walk in love? No, the Word of God already covers that, amen? So, so just be careful, right? And you all are smart enough because uh, we've taught you, uh, I believe we've taught you well enough around here that you've got a Spirit. I trust the Spirit in you. And I trust if I, if I ask you to do something that you will give it a, 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 um, a, a careful review. Does that line up with the Word of God? Can I do that? 
Uh, now, some things, you know, like, hey, we're having a work day at church. Is there, is there any uh, Bible for that? No. Is there any Holy Ghost for that? Well, maybe. I mean, it's not really a moral question, right? It's are you, are you available to work, right? Well, I ain't doing that over there at that church. Okay, fine, you know, but, I mean, you know, you think if you're one-minded, you'd want to come and help, right? And all of you all have been here that have been able to come here, so, and you all do great at that. You know, I got no problems with that. Some churches are always begging people, begging. And some pastors will resort to almost threats, you know, threatening, you know, you all, if you love Jesus, you'd come and help us tomorrow. So if I'm busy, I don't love Jesus. I mean, if I already got plans, you know, does that mean I don't love Jesus, right? I mean, I, uh, I, you, everybody here love Jesus? Y'all love Jesus, right? So, I mean, I, I wouldn't threaten you like that. That's, that would be disrespectful to you because I don't know what your plans are for tomorrow, right? Uh, and so, uh, I just figure if you're here, praise God. If you're not here, praise God, right? Uh, you know, I, well, don't you think bad about them for not coming? I think, I, I don't think anything about them not coming. That way, I, you know, I stay, I stay right with the Lord. Because if I'm suspicious, I bet they're just late. I bet they're watching TV right now instead of being here at the church. I bet they don't even care about this church. They don't care about me, you know. Then, then I'm way down the road in, in sin, thinking bad thoughts about you. And I think my Bible says that love, God, thinks the best of everybody. They're probably helping an orphan right now, or they're probably rescuing a baby seal from, you know, the Arctic. You know, they're probably, you know, giving uh, blood to somebody who's dying. Right? I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I'll think the best of you all anyway, right? They're probably doing some ma- amazing thing. And actually, I just don't think anything, right? I just, you know, they're not here. Okay, fine. We'll move on. Amen. Uh, and then that way, my heart's right. Your heart's right. I, you know, if I see you on Sunday, you're like, well, where are you on Thursday? We had, we had a work day. Where were you? Like, well, I was tending my dying mother. Oh, yeah, sorry. I mean, you know, so number one, of course, first of all, and I tell people this all the time, don't ever start a conversation with an accusation. And I say, where were you on Thursday? Well, that's, that's an accusation, right? That's starting with an adjective. You should have been here and you weren't. Uh, you know, that, that's, isn't that terrible? Because that, 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 that's me uh, judging you that whatever you did was wrong. But I don't know what you did, unless the Lord revealed to me. Now, sometimes he will, right? He, you know, I mean, I've heard plenty of stories where, and pastors, a lot of times the Lord will give them words of knowledge about people, what they're doing, you know, if they're in sin, and, you, and it's for them to pray for them, right? It's not so that you can go, oh, I know what you're doing, you know. Um, and so, uh, but we can be of one mind, can't we, right? And so uh, Paul said that uh, of these four things that he wants us to do, Three of them are in either the soulless realm or the natural realm, and only one of them is the spirit realm. So that means we do have to work more for that because everything is harder in the natural realm than in the spirit realm. Easiest thing in the world to be in, in, in one heart and one spirit, right? If, we're, if we love the Lord Jesus, it's, it's more difficult because our minds are squirrely sometimes, right, to be one-minded. Uh, so start with the one spirit. Make sure that you're one spirit with, uh, with the direction of the church or the vision of the church. And then listen to your spirit to stay in line with that. And when, when the wolves come into the church, and they will come on occasion, always, always be cautious that anything they're saying, if it's causing you to separate from the ministry, separate from the pastor, be very wary of that. Amen. Uh, and again, not to make this a cult. It's not a cult. You have the spirit of God in you. Amen. Oh, if you always listen to your spirit, you'll always be okay. Amen. Uh, and so when, when, uh, when the, either the leadership or my pastor would tell me to do something that lined up with the Word of God, easiest thing in the world, amen? Easiest thing in the world to do it, uh, no problem. Well, you know, I think that's wrong. None of, you know, people would, well, you know, I think, uh, I've told you the story about the, the one lady that didn't like the way that I ran the sound. And, and, you know, it was too loud for her. And she'd come back down and tell me to turn it down. Well, she sat right in front of the speakers. Where's the, where's the loudest place in the church? Right in front of the speakers, right? I mean, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I didn't give her the whole physics you know, that uh, smart people before me figured out that, you know, sound is, uh, is uh, related to, well, I'm not going to go through all that, but uh, the further you get with the speaker, the quieter it is, right? Uh, I could talk about the square, the distance, and all that stuff there, but we're not going to go through all that. But so she's sitting in, in, uh, in the, the loudest place in the church. Well, it's too loud. So what, what did I do? Well, after the service, I said, Pastor, uh, how was the music today? Was it okay? Was the volume okay? Was it too loud or anything? No, it's fine. Then I'm good, right? Because I don't run it for her. I ran it for him. I'm there to help him, right? I'm not there to help her. I'm there to help him, and he's there to help everybody else. Uh, and so uh, easiest thing in the world to be in one mind with a pastor, right? Because if I, if I sat there and thought, you know, Pastor, he just, he just likes the music too loud. It's just too loud. 
well, why would I have an opinion about that? Is there any book, chapter, and verse on the volume of the, of the music? No. In fact, I told you, you know, when I first started running sound, my pastor, uh, uh, he liked one particular group that sang. And I wasn't a big fan because they were kind of Southern gospel, you know, and a lot of, lot of harmonizing, you know. And if you like that, no problem. I mean, my friend Jerry's probably watching right now. He, he, Jerry, the, the twangier, the better, right? If, it, if it's like, you know, twangy squared, he loves it. You know, Southern gospel, not a fan, right? Now, some people are, right? I think some of you all in here are. You know, we're not going to point any fingers, right? We're not going to raise any hands. Is there anything wrong with liking that music? Nothing wrong with liking that music. It's your taste. You listen to whatever you want to, right? But I wasn't a big fan. And, and so, uh, but, what, but that's what he liked to play before the service. So you know what I played before the service? I played whatever he wanted, right? And, and eventually I figured out that it's not so much the style of mu music that he liked. He liked the music that was anointed, and that music was anointed. In fact, I used to play this one cassette. It was uh, uh, instrumental music. If you notice around here, you know, when we're praying for people, Jared will put on instrumental music, you know, and it's anointed by, by a Christian artist. Uh, and, but it's just good background music. Uh, and, uh, and it really helps. It helps me, you know, to, when we're praying for folks. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, everything's digital now. You just push a button, blah, 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 and you're going to have a thousand songs immediately. Well, back then, you had a cassette tape. And if you play the first song, you're going to play the second song, right? I mean, you know, you could swap it out, but you wouldn't. It's just too much work to do that. Eventually, we got CDs, made it a little easier, but now it's all super digital on computers. It's not a, not a problem anymore. But anyway, so we'd pl I'd play this song, this this tape, right? But you know, one of the, one or two of the songs were kind of kind of funky, you know, kind of weird and you know, electronic, you know, keyboard sounding, you know, new agey kind of sounding music. The other part's pretty good, right? Good instrumental, you know, strings and piano and but one or two songs were kind of wonky, you know, and, and I kind of just overlook it, you know, because, you know, well, you know, it's on a cassette, so you couldn't do much about it. Uh, and one day the assistant pastor came back and said, hey, you know that, that uh, music he's playing? Yeah, he said, the pastor doesn't like that. Well, I'm the sound man, you know, I play whatever I want to, right? There, there's nothing wrong with that music. No, you know what I did? I just threw the cassette away. Fine, no, no problem at all. We'll never play it again. And no need to keep it. I'm never playing it again, so I just threw it away. Uh, and I went, not without fine, I'll show him, right? Uh, no, there wasn't any attitude about it. I'm glad to do it, right? Because who am I there to help? I'm there to be one-minded with the pastor, right? It's not about me. It's, it was about him. And so, and I could tell you story after story of, of like that, you know, where the things, you know, maybe we had a difference of opinion, but at the end of the day, it was, you know, it was about what he wanted. Now, sometimes he'd say, well, you know, one time he took me to his, he had a Lexus, right? He took me inside of his Lexus uh, and, and he turned on the music. And, you know, it just, you know, the, the Lexus, even back then, had like 18 speakers, you know. It had tweeters and subwoofers and mid-range speakers. And, and they tuned the entire sound for that little box, right? And they had sound-absorbing material. And, I mean, it was perfect. It was like in a studio, right? And he said, how come we can't have sound that sounds like this? I said, well, you know, Pastor, we can get closer, but you got to buy a subwoofer. you got to buy an amplifier for that subwoofer. you got to buy a crossover network to, to, to change the sound in that way. you got to buy a different kind of equalizer, you know. I mean, you can do that. How much money do you want to spend? Well, I don't want to spend any money. Well, then you can't have the Lexus sound, you know, so that sometimes there was some disagreement. You all the time want to spend money. I'm not wanting to spend any. You asked me what it would take to get this sound, and here's what it would take. Well, you just don't know what you Okay, fine. You know, he'd get mad at me. On occasion, you know, about things like that. Now, that was kind of later on. Early on, it's like, you know, Pastor, we, can we do this? Oh, yeah, no problem, right? But later on, things got complicated. You know, how can we can't have this sound? Well, you know, you can. You know, you know how much money Lexus probably spent on, on optimizing that sound? They had these, uh, these big, they're called anechoic chambers, these huge rooms, right, with styrofoam all over the, all over those walls and, you know, the, the pony uh, styrofoam to absorb all the sound and, uh, and, and to make it so it was perfect. They could hear, and they had microphones everywhere, and they would listen to exactly, they would tune everything. We're going to turn up this tweeter 50% uh, compared to this one. We're going to turn this one up. To we're going to have this frequency come to this speaker and that. I mean, they tuned it, spent millions of dollars, no doubt. We spent, like, hundreds of dollars, you know. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, uh, if you want that sound, you can get that sound. But we have to turn the entire church into an anechoic chamber, right? And then we got to have a, million-dollar microphones, million-dollar speakers, and we can do that, right? And, and so, so sometimes, you know, there was some conflict, but it was more, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, I think would help all pastors is 
my job is to have the vision for the ministry. My job is not to do everything in the ministry, right? So even though I happen to know a lot about sound, you know, if Jared was just gone, I wouldn't know initially how to wire up the video. You know, we're, we're broadcasting, hello, Facebook people. We're broadcasting all over the entire world right this very second, right? In fact, Facebook's got 2 billion people. We could actually have 2 billion people watching us right now, right? And if they'd all just send, if you all send in $1, that's it, just $1, we'd be okay, right? Uh, and so we, we could buy that million-dollar Lexus sound system, right? Uh, and so, um, uh, but, you know, now I could, I, technically I could do it if he wrote down the instructions, you know, but if I, if I had to do it today, I, you know, I kinda, I'd kind of know where to get started, but I, I would have to spend a lot of time figuring out. Uh, now, I could because I, my background would let me do that, but right now, this very second, nope, couldn't do it. And I'm okay with that, you know, because that's his job, and I'm going to let him do his job, amen? And what everybody, anybody else, you know, like Chris, you know, that uh, she, uh, she all the time, a lot of times will ask me, you know, do I got any particular songs to sing? And well, sometimes I'll tell her one. But then when she gets up there, you know, I don't go, you know, that chord right there, that's the wrong chord. You know, you should have used this chord over here, right? You know, that would have been a better chord. That chord right there, that's wrong. And that's not my job. That's her job, right? She play whatever chord she wants to, you know, and that, that's her job. Now, if the Lord gives me a specific thing to tell her, right? Hey, sing this way or whatever. That's fine, right? But for the most part, that's her job, not my job, right? And, and then, of course, she does the children's church, too. You know, she picks out all the, all the materials there. That's not my job. That's her job, right? And I'm okay with that because part of being a leader is I have to learn to delegate. And uh, Now, the overall vision is the vision the Lord's given to me, right? We want the kids to learn about the Lord. We're not here to babysit. We're here to teach them the Lord. Now, I know a two-year-old. You can barely, you teach him one thing and then you play the rest of the time, right? That's normal. That's fine, right? We're not going to be praying in tongues when they're two years old. You know, I, well, if you're a really spiritual church, you do that. Well, okay, fine, right? Um, but, uh, but we want to make sure that every child in here gets an opportunity to hear something about the Lord, right? Uh, while they're here. So, so does it take a little bit more work in the natural world and, and being of one mind than it does being of one spirit? It does, right? And you have to guard that in your own heart. And so I would encourage you, uh, uh, as long as you're part of any ministry, right? And of course, you're part of this ministry right now. But any ministry you're part of, always be in one accord. You know, like for me, uh, the Lord's called me to, to be with uh, Brother Randall Greer, right, in his ministry. Uh, and I'm ordained through his ministry. I go to his meetings. Well, I don't go to his meetings, but, you know, if they, would, if they would just play different music, you know, they'd be way better off, right, or whatever. I'm not picking, I'm not saying anything wrong with the music. I'm just, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just picking things out of, well, you know, if he had received the offering at the end of the service, at the beginning of the service, like we do, right, we always receive it at the end of the service. He always serves at the beginning of the service, you know, after praise and worship, you know. If he would do it after the end, you know, it would be better. I, I don't even have an opinion. It's not, not in my business how he does it, right? I don't care how he does it. Uh, and I have no opinions about anything. I go to receive, right? I go if he needs me to help him. I'd be glad to help him any way I can, Amen. Other than that, none of my business, amen? How he runs things, none of my... Now, if he asks my opinion, <clears throat> I'll always tell him, right? If I have an opinion, if I don't have an opinion, well, whatever you're going to do, I don't have, you know, uh, unless I'm called to help him in that way, right? In fact, one time, I'll tell you some ago, uh, they were having a problem with the, with the sound, uh, and Miss Patty said, hey, would you go back there and tell him how to fix it? Because I knew what was wrong with that. I said, well, here's what's wrong with it, John. I said, will you go back there and tell him how to fix it? I said, Miss Patty, said, I'm not doing that. I said, if you, now, if you go back there and tell him you've asked me to help you help him, I'll be glad to do it. But I'm not going to go back there and usurp authority from the sound man. Well, I know how to run sound better than you, which, of course, I didn't. You know, he knows how to run his own sound. But, you know, sometimes there's a specific technical issue that he didn't initially know how to, how to resolve. And he probably would have figured it out. And he may have already had it figured out. But anyway, uh, maybe twice in the, the 10 years, 12 years that I've known Brother Randy, I've assisted him with some sound issue uh, and, uh, and glad to do it, you know. Uh, but most of the time, you know, if this speaker's burst into flames, I'd be just like, well, that's cool. And not, not say anything about it. You know, none of my business. Amen. Uh, and so because I'm going to be of one, one mind with him, one spirit with him, uh, and how they run and everything, you know, what if they'd run the snake on that side of this, that side would be way better, you know. None of my business, right? So is the Lord good? Yeah. Amen. So, so, uh, so I, you know, uh, let's do what Paul said. Uh, in, in fact, you know, he, he exhorted us, right? Uh, he said, fulfill you my joy that you do these things. So it does bring a lot of joy to the ministers when we do this thing, right? When, when we are fully like-minded, same love, one accord, and one mind. 
there's a lot of joy, not only in the whole church, but also in the leadership, right, in, in the pastor's heart. Uh, and so uh, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you that we can be of one mind. It's our choice, Father. We can be of one heart. Uh, we did that when we got born again. One, one accord, Father. Uh, we can do that according to your word. Uh, and so, uh, Father, being uh, of one love is easy because uh, your love is shed abroad in our hearts and our spirits, Father, by the, by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. Uh, and so, Father, these other things, we'll, we'll be attentive, we'll be aware. And, Father, help us to see if there's any area in our lives where we're not lined up where we should be, Father. Uh, we, we, we don't want to make things a cult, uh, but a cult says don't listen to your own heart, don't listen to your own mind. Just do what you're told. But that's never the instruction of the word of God, uh, Father. You said always to be of one spirit first, and these other things will come along, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you that you'll help us with that, and the church will be edified and increased because of that. We thank you for these things, Lord. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, I'm looking forward to chapter 2 because when we get uh, here uh, about halfway through chapter 2, not quite halfway, uh, Paul kind of goes over and talks about some revelation about the Lord Jesus that's really good, that's not, really not found anywhere else. You can bring some other scriptures into it, and we will, but it's just a really good revelation of, of, of the Lord Jesus and his ministry. And so he's kind of laying the foundation to get there. So and we'll get there, amen? Uh, so let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And then, um, of course, uh, we'll be working tomorrow, right? And the next day and, you know, the day after that. I mean, hopefully we'll get done uh, with our part uh, in the next couple of days. It's going to be tough to tight to get it there, right? But, uh, but uh, I've got great confidence we can do that, right? So come ahead, Mr. Jared. And then uh, Chris will be back with us tomorrow, uh, be with us here Sunday. And so don't forget, Sunday we'll be at the drink shop. And, and uh, they've invited us, if we wanted to, to use it all the time. And we may choose to use the drink shop uh, even for Wednesday because right now it's actually a little warm in here, right? You're all a little warm. It's because we turned off the unit in there because it's all open, right? We'd have to basically air condition the whole city of Dayton. Uh, so actually there's no air running right now. So it is a little warmish in here. Uh, so we'll see. We'll let you all know what we do. If you see a sign go that way instead of going that way, then you'll know uh, what to do, right? And you all are intelligent human beings. Amen. All right. So, um, uh, so Sunday will be around the corner, right, at the drink shop. And uh, we'll have everything set up uh, with Wi-Fi then. So uh, join us uh, online there if you can. And uh, we'll see you all on Sunday, right?